Hi, I'm Amy. Hi, I'm Roisin. Hi, I'm Tara. And welcome to Yannick Boom. The sporadic podcast hosted by three deadly feminist midwives covering anything and everything women's reproductive health. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Lovely to see you. How long has it been now? (laughs) It's been a while. I well, it's can't been remember, like here we are. Yeah, it's great to see it's everyone. It's been nine hours. It's oh, sorry. Minute. Since since the podcast, I thought you meant since I we'd seen each other. Oh. <laughs> 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 we'd seen each other. No, it hasn't been the length of anyone's full pregnancy. So that's a bonus. I think that's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's unusual enough for us. Yeah, I was gonna say. I'm <laughs> I'm kind of. Um, I'm measuring time in terms of how many teeth my child has gained since the last episode. So <laughs> it's like been it. it's been one tooth since the last episode. It's been. It's no. been, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So today we are looking at return of your period post baby, postpartum period. Is there is there a name for it? Is there another name for it apart from that? PPP. I think postpartum period rolls off the tongue nicely. Mm. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We should. Yeah. Wait, no. Copy Is copyright? Do you copyright that? No, what's the thing? Patent. <laughs> yeah. We, that's ours. Nobody steal it. Okay. <laughs> the triple P. <laughs> no one's ever said those words before. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said that yet. It's the trip, yeah, it's exactly. triple P. The PPP. The PPP. So <laughs> we're discussing the, the PPP. A plant. It's the philodendron pink princess. No, it's a really expensive plant. Okay, fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's my other, that's, you get that kind of content on my only France. <laughs> <laughs> my paid plant you content. You have to start that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a recession coming. I'm definitely starting it. Did you see that? Uh, it was a TikTok or an Instagram that went viral of a guy who, like, banged down his sister's oh my god I loved door it in his swim shorts and threw thousands of dollars at her and was like I've paid your college tuition with my only fans <laughs> and he's like and she was I paid like, for this with my fuck? penis <laughs> and then he goes into his mom and she's like this is amazing this is great but you gotta done it without getting your dick out <laughs> yeah, she's like you need to buy your own fucking house because yeah. <laughs> he so kicked good. in the door so yeah. good and he had a duck in his car for you whatever reason. You doing that, but with plant content, Tara. Yeah. It's on the way. There you go. It's a niche, it's a niche uh, market. Anyway, sure, I'll, I'll lash into this. Will that I? was a tangent. Yeah. It was indeed. It's been nine I, hours I mean, I wouldn't really be okay. bothering myself with kind of TikToks. I'm mostly just reading in my spare time. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 all right Roisin Such give us what you've joke. got go okay. for it <laughs> so your period post baby um there's a few kind of things to cover um i.e the return of your first period versus what your periods are like over time after you've had a baby so that's what we're going to kind of talk about overall um in terms of your period coming back post baby so your first period Everyone is a little bit different. Um, and so I had a little browse around the internet to see what the kind of typical advice is that you'd be finding when you're looking it up. Um, the NHS 
says five to six weeks if you're bottle feeding um, and then with breastfeeding they kind of give the caveat of it's typically when you stop night feeds or reduce night feeds um, slash any time at all <laughs> and they it's also just go slightly into that um, extended time of what your periods can be like after having had a baby so they say they may be irregular especially while breastfeeding cramping may be worse bleeding may be heavier and you may the you may pass clots like where you might may not have previously um, and they also have a note that you may be ovulating um, so obviously you're able to get pregnant as little as three weeks post having your baby which is terrifying Utterly um, terrifying. <laughs> the HSE to is any of our listeners that have done that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> rare folks like just the process of getting pregnant alone. Fair play. Yeah, just fair play from me. <laughs> um, the HSE advice is even more vague than that, and they say that breastfeeding women um, can expect their periods not to return for six months at least. And bottle feeding um, usually within two months. So there's no sort of information on either of those websites about what makes you get your period back, what doesn't make you get your period back, um, or much more than what the NHS details about, like what you can expect. It's not great. Um, Looking at more international information, um, the... I'm going to say this wrong now. The UT Southwestern Medical Center website is actually the most probably user-friendly and detailed that I found that differentiates between your lochia, so your bleeding that you experience after having your baby and the return of your periods Mm. proper. So just as a reminder, your lochia is not a true period. Um, It's just a mix of blood and tissue that's was there for your pregnancy that's no longer needed and typically dark red to brownish pink and kind of tapers off to an off whitish kind of color for everybody the length of time that they're having that look yeah is very different lots of research can show some women still have kind of like a chalky whitish orangish discharge for up to 12 weeks um and some people like it's three four weeks done yeah yeah um and i suppose with lochia this uh, website makes a good differentiation that the cramping typically experienced when you're um, having still having lochia is different than the cramping that you experience when you're menstruating. Um, so that's good to know. And tip, it's usually associated with feeding if you're breastfeeding. Yeah. They do advise you, obviously, to monitor the amount of your lochia and that if you feel your bleeding is excessive or you're having symptoms of... Blood loss, so feeling faint, dizzy, sweats, high pulse, all this kind of thing, that you should have that investigated. Um, And then what they say about your period returning is um, for most people that happens between six and 12 weeks post having a baby, um, you should expect it to be heavier in your initial few periods, um, but that it does then become lighter over time and kind of return to what your typical quote-unquote normal was. Lots of people experience them as more painful. Um, Some people, like, it would seem to be from kind of searching around what people are talking about on, like, mum groups or whatever, that 
it's not very many, but for some people, their periods improve. Um, the reasoning behind your periods being heavier may relate to the fact that after having a baby, your uterus is much bigger. So when your body is preparing to have a period, it's making more endometrium. So more lining of that bigger uterine cavity to then shed when you have your period. And the heaviness could also be linked to structural defects. So you may have developed a polyp or a fibroid post having a baby that you don't know about. Um, there's a condition called, called, I always pronounce this wrong, ad, adenomyosis, which is like where scar tissue may have formed in your uterine cavity after having a baby. Um, and um, like it's like a thickening of the endometrium basically. So they can be experienced. Yeah, they can be really unusual periods with adenomyosis. Like you can have a really heavy, painful one and then something quite different to that because the thickening and the scar, that scar tissue is complicating how you shed your endometrium. Um, And then the other thing just to note that can change your period to be either much lighter or much heavier is sometimes after you have a baby, you have a really rapid drop in your estrogen levels, which can impact your thyroid function. And then that can offset your periods either being heavier or lighter. Um, For people who may have much more extreme, like, I mean, extremely lighter periods than they had previously, just to be conscious that that can actually be a warning sign of... A couple of really rare um, syndromes. Uh, one is Sheehan's, which I suppose um, only happens if you've had a significant postpartum hemorrhage. I would probably say over a liter and a half, um, and that's where it's caused that amount of kind of rapid blood loss and changing the um, like your body trying to recover from that and trying yeah. to build back up yeah. your blood cells and all that kind of thing has impacted your pituitary gland, which has impacted your estrogen production. And it's kind of like a waterfall effect then. Um, so just to be aware of that. Um, so yeah, it may take up to kind of a year. Some, some places would say two to three years for your cycles to be completely back to what you would have been pre-baby um, and obviously with uh, breastfeeding people you're more likely to be irregular and the reason for that is even though maybe you're getting back to a point where you're having bleeds because your prolactin is still present while you're breastfeeding you don't have the same um, dramatic fluctuations in your estrogen levels yeah that kind of it will cause the sort of ebb and flow of your period so your estrogen tends to say sort of more stable while you continue to breastfeed but it's your progesterone that is causing going up and down causing you to bleed but it just might lead to some more irregular cycles um so basically just to remember that the hormones that are involved after having a baby are your prolactin if you're feeding so that will drop if you're not breastfeeding after probably five to six weeks as most of the like that's the kind of average number that sticks around out there um and then your estrogen and your progesterone so like your normal period obviously most people be like a 21 to 35 day cycle bleeding for two to seven days those lengths can can vary in in time um and 
And what you're kind of trying to see about your cycle returning to normal or what your was normal for you post baby yeah. is that you end up having your stage of follicle growth, which happens through an interaction of your luteinizing hormone, your follicle stimulating hormone, your estradiol and your progesterone. All of that then allows you to ovulate, produce a corpus luteum, and mm-hmm. then that's when your progesterone and your estrogen kick in. And it's those, the falls in those falls, that yeah. let you shed your the lining of your uterus, your endometrium. So those, any kind of, anywhere in those hormone stages can be impacted post baby Mm -hmm. um and the general advice kind of out there would be um if you're so if your periods have returned and you've had three cycles which are kind of grossly abnormal to what was normal for you it's something to mention to your healthcare provider to have a look at or if you have stopped breastfeeding for so your your periods can have returned yeah and you're still Mm -hmm. breastfeeding but they can be all over the shop so wait until you've finished feeding yeah or three months and then if they're still all over the shop that's when to get that investigated okay that's good that makes sense that's kind of so that's all kind of what's normal what to look out for Yeah. yeah i think as well like for a lot of people i know certainly for me like i was on the pill before i had my baby for however many years so then when my period came back after oh, having certainly after having my first one I was like this is this is so weird this is so different I haven't had a period like this since I was like you know a teenager or whatever mm, not really yeah. thinking about the fact that actually I wasn't having actual periods you know for so long before that yeah that's interesting actually yeah so then free and that's so many people like, in that situation yeah, so then there's like this whole thing of like, oh, well, this is actually like my normal period or or like, is it normal? Like there's like that whole adjustment kind of part of it. Um, and then obviously, yeah. like, pl- you know, plenty of people do just go on contraception again, hormonal contraception after they have their like mm-hmm. after they have their baby. So, you know, again, like if you're on well, if you're on the combined pill, like not breastfeeding or whatever you're you're just going to have your withdrawal bleeds um so it's kind of yeah it's kind of funny like you know the like actual lots of people are kind of told i mean it's like you're essentially told start contraception like you know (laughs) what it is though it's like yeah yeah you're kind of lying in the bed like a yeah I, know, I won't finish. It. Won't finish the rest of that sentence. I'm yeah. having like yeah. guilty flashbacks now of being the midwife on the postnatal ward, being like, "What are you doing about contraception?" To, to oh yeah, but <laughs> sure, I've like, been up all I night with a three-day-old baby. Like with my with the, the postnatal women that I care for, I'm like, okay, so just you know, for yourself to know, um, you know, have a think about contraception. Like it, it is possible to get pregnant, um, you know, right away, yeah. and they're like literally horrified like, but, yeah, I know, but you know now that you say that it's like I I would have done like a, a much bigger spiel about contraception and not wanting to get pregnant again too quickly wouldn't done a massive spiel on when to expect your first period back what's normal what's not normal what to look out for when to seek yeah. advice mm. which is mad and like that just goes to show in the like kind of research I was doing like the advice is really vague and really just yeah. like good luck with yeah. that gals yeah 
I suppose because it is so different. Yeah. Um, but like I think women, hard. women kind of seem to ex- accept that it's mm-hmm. your period will be different. And then I think what you were saying, Roisin, like, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. Like if you had three cycles where they were very different that you should seek medical advice whereas mm. I think it's just it's another one of those things where women are like oh my period's back and it's way worse but that's life yeah yeah, yeah. and we're not really telling them that actually it could be something else and mm. you know you're Even not just really just meant meant to y- accept like really yeah. heavy bleeding and really painful periods mm. as it mm. as the norm yeah maybe even just from my own perspective of like I wouldn't have it would I wouldn't have even crossed my mind I have PCOS and my periods are really irregular anyway but I wouldn't have thought to be like maybe I should be paying more attention to this of you know yeah. are they way more irregular mm. or is there you know yeah anything like that you just yeah, kind of go oh well yeah I know yeah you're just like oh yeah okay it's another thing it's just another thing yeah it's funny like like that time I said to you, Amy, that I was pretty, I was so sure I had a cycle with two ovulations and you were like, it's impossible. And I was like, <laughs> but it's happened. It's happened. There's cycles happening. I've had two separate ovulations. Well, I, I experienced then after I said to you, it's physically impossible. Something similar happened to me <laughs> and I said it to a doctor and they said, um, it didn't happen. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, they were like, it can happen, but it can't happen a week apart. Yeah, but I think anyway, was, look at us and our mine, bodies defying science. Mine were like, <laughs> mine was like three weeks apart, because I think that cycle was like the second or third after my periods came back after my second. So I was still, I was still breastfeeding, but it ended up being like it was like a fifty-eight. You're day still cycle. trying to, you're still trying to sell it. I'm just telling you this. I'm just telling you what I felt. I have very strong ovulation symptoms, and I had. An ovulation, and t- like two weeks later, an ovulation, mm. or three weeks. Well, look, like, there's, no, I mean, there's, no, look, there's literally like, no way we'll ever know. No, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Well, just like I'm just saying, science yours. isn't always right because I was categorically told, like without fail, that I could not be ovulating if my cycles were longer than thirty five days. Yeah, yeah. But with PCOS, after I had now. It was, it's really weird that it had like a regularity to it because before my periods would have been like, I could have had a 28 day cycle. I could have had a 35 day cycle. I could have had a 60 day cycle. I could have had a hundred day cycle and it was all just totally random. But after now, actually I had, would have ended up having like a 47 day cycle, a 47, 48 day cycle. And then a 70 two to 73 day cycle and it just like mimicked that then which is mad, mad. yeah, yeah. but then obviously I ovulated <laughs> <laughs> you have the proof <laughs> yeah I have the proof which is that I'm 27 and a half weeks pregnant <laughs> which I don't think I've said here before <laughs> no you haven't it's very no. exciting and I was thinking that, was that. A, I was like, oh, this is her pregnancy announcement. Yeah. That was a that was a 48 day cycle. Yeah. So it happens. Yeah. Doctors and science can be wrong. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's not always strictly 14 days before you start bleeding. Mm-mm. We won't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> That's an inside joke. <laughs> 
Um, well, congratulations. Ah, and that leads me into the next bit, which is lactation amenorrhea method, which is something that you were obviously not using. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> No. Well, so, yeah. No, so okay, so um, lactation amenorrhea method, or it's called LAM method, is a natural form of birth control, and it works on the basis um, of your body not ovulating, so not releasing an egg, so you can't get pregnant. And this is basically when you're exclusively breastfeeding. I know we said last episode we weren't really into that language, but um, I'll go more into it now in a moment. So. When we're talking about contraception, we talk about perfect and typical use. So perfect use of a method is when you're doing everything correctly. So with perfect use with this method, it's 99.9, effective and 98% effective with typical use. It can also be used from so soon as the baby's born and as soon as you start feeding. Um, but there's three main principles that need to be adhered to for this to work. So the first one is amenorrhea. So you can't have had a period come back since you've had your baby. The second is that you your baby just needs to be getting breast milk. So they recommend um, no interval longer of more than four to six hours between breastfeeds, both day and night. Um, baby must only be getting breast milk, must be feeding from the breast. So mm. um, expressing, not pumping. yeah, not even pumping, no formula and no solids. Also the use of uh, soothers or pacifiers or dodies, whatever you want to call them. Um, these will also interfere as they can prolong the time between feeds and they'll reduce, they can reduce the amount of time spent at the breast. Um and the third rule is that it needs to be under six months uh, postpartum. So after six months, obviously, you're going to be moving to solids and potentially, as I read on multiple sources, your baby will be sleeping more at nighttime. I just wrote lol in brackets. Um, <laughs> and you'll start to get longer stretches at night. So you're more likely to ovulate again. Lol, 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 lol. But um, so... I did up some like a few pros and cons. Okay, so pros are it's free, it's effective immediately, no side effects. Um, cons, I suppose there's multiple kind of things need to be in place for it to work, and it is reliant on a smooth breastfeeding journey. So yeah. your supply and baby's latch, um, not requiring formula top ups, not giving a soother, um, and basically just feeding on demand very often um it's also not necessarily possible to know the efficacy if you don't experience mm. ovulation symptoms so you don't really know if you've ovulated a lot of people don't know if they've ovulated yeah so in which case you can kind of potentially get pregnant without knowing but i mean i thought that the efficacy was really amazing like it yeah, was that is really interesting yeah I think part of the efficacy is because you're so busy feeding round the clock <laughs> that you're actually just not going to have sex. <laughs> there's also... There's also that, that's impressive, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what method are you using? Bed sharing? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's kind of... I mean, it's not really something that... 
Um, it would be something that would be used in the developing world. It's something that would be used kind of people who are doing natural family planning and family spacing um, would use it. I mean, I don't really know that many people who would be doing it to you. Like, I, I mean, it's... I mean, like, it's I don't not know. That I, don't I guess know. it's I, just, I guess it's just kind of part and parcel of not... I, I don't know, not taking contraceptive or <laughs> taking your I chances. I think maybe there's like a, a decent amount of people that are doing it without yeah. being intentional Realizing. about it. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Like, I, 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 like it's back. just, yeah. Yeah. But I think if you really ask them to like kind of tune into it and use it as a quote unquote reliable mm. method, I don't know if a lot of people would be confident enough to use it as a, to, yeah. re- to rely on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there's lots, um, I'm on a, a baby group and there was obviously lots of discussion at the start and a lot of people, like there's a massive misconception that if your period hasn't come back that you can't get pregnant. Oh yeah, no, no. So like there was quite a few people who, and I think that's a widely regarded view and it's obviously coming from this. Yeah. But mm. obviously there's a difference yeah. between ovulating and, you know, it's... Yeah. um. But again, I just don't think that we are telling women about this. I don't think that we're, it's just so kind of ingrained and just don't get pregnant and take hormones not to get pregnant um, that we basically get women to tune out of their own bodies and yeah, that's mm. true. natural, that's like true. natural, for, you know, I mean, yeah. you can't get pregnant every day. Um, but again, I suppose it is potentially something if you don't want to have a baby yeah <laughs> if you don't want yeah. to get pregnant within three months and as well another thing that I um a lot of people had mentioned as well when I was reading about this was if you have a health condition um that would or if you've had any kind of complications that would preclude you from having a pregnancy mm. earlier than within like the first year or so that this may not be a reliable method no. But I mean, again, if you're doing all of those other things, why couldn't you? I think people should just kind of be more free to do it. But again, as I. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if I'd be. Um, I don't know. What do you girls think? Uh, well, like, I think particularly in Ireland, like we live in that culture where like, you know, from what the mid 90s, most people had access to contraception, but there was still no access to determination so if you did find yourself pregnant mm. it was extremely extremely worrying time so I suppose the drive then was well just don't just don't get pregnant yeah. mm. um, um, I don't know and I, think there's I mean a that's lot what of, I kind of think about it anyway yeah there's like a lot of kind of complex driving factors behind that as well that like you know, obviously for your own health and reproductive health, why spacing is important. Mm. Um, but also that maybe that's a, a little bit tainted by how our maternity services are run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that if everybody yeah. was getting pregnant within two to three months after having a baby, <laughs> the place would be even more <laughs> overrun than it already yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we have a high and, section rate as well. Like, um, you yeah. know, like a recovery. Um has an impact as well 100 percent. again another form of and then I think like what you're saying Amy like it's maybe just 
that we've been recommending all of the other things for so long mm. yeah. as a as a maternity system that there isn't maybe that many people who are aware of those three principles that you've gone through and what it really means to stick to those to make this an effective method. Mm. Mm. So like a doctor or a midwife on any given postnatal ward or in a clinic maybe isn't confident to advise on it. Yeah. No. And not when you, when you feel like there's so many variables, like when you Mm. feel like when something like a soother, which is just. Like a given for so many people. Mm. And like Roisin. Unless your baby rejects it. Yeah. But like, no, but like (laughs) Roisin spoke about in the fourth trimester episode about the emphasis that society has on leaving your baby yeah (laughs) you know like you can't do that you can't do that if you're doing LAM you can't leave your baby you know because if you express and imagine if you were out in the world saying that to people yeah I don't leave my baby to go out for a night out or to go to a wedding or to do whatever because I'm (laughs) using my baby (laughs) as a method of contraception (laughs) yeah people would be like all right Yeah. yeah, I imagine yeah. it's hard to be out there in the world openly saying that's what you're doing. Yeah. 100%. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so that is that. And then I am, from a personal perspective, still waiting for my mind to return. So Martha is 11 months and we are still feeding um, around the clock day and night <laughs> <laughs> to anyone listening out there <laughs> it, um, no so yeah to anyone feeding your five month old wondering what will happen um, <laughs> no so I was saying to you guys so I started doing a bit of reading because basically I so prior to becoming pregnant I um, undertook a course on menstrual cycle awareness um, so menstrual cycle awareness is for those people who haven't heard of it. Um, it's basically where you are living your life to the rhythm of your menstrual cycle. So there's a school that's been set up um, by Alexandra Pope and um, Shani Hugo Wurlitzer. And basically they're two, one of them anyways, a psychotherapist. And basically they wrote a book called Wild Power, which is... Amazing. Um, Amazing. Do I still have your copy of that book, by the way, Amy? I feel like I started. Sure. I think I might. Apologies. This is actually, this was my opportunity to bring it up. (laughs) Um, So basically, it's the process of tracking your menstrual cycle and living your life to its rhythm to tap into your inner wisdom and power. Um, And it kind of outlines how connecting with our um, menstrual cycle can help find balance and reconnect to our emotions. So it can sound... If you're not somebody who's really, I wouldn't have necessarily thought, felt I was somebody who was maybe kind of into mm. spiritual help, self-help books. But I found this was actually quite practical. Um, and I suppose we've we've had a lot of conversations as you get older, the more periods you have and you start to realize these kind of, um, I suppose, like. The nature of it, you know, you start to feel like, I mean, like. Just mm-hmm. kind of say, for example, PMS symptoms or ovulation symptoms or yeah. feeling happy, feeling energized one week, feeling miserable the next. And how it's all basically a cycle, all set to seasons. They all play a part. Um, 
and yeah. it was amazing. So I I was really actually enjoying doing that. Um, and so, then obviously yeah, and the mental cycle awareness you keep a so after you read the book and they talk you through you you keep a diary right every day. Yeah, you keep you can keep a diary. So you can kind of do it either you can do it like if you don't have time you can literally just write down one word like yeah happy rage um you know yeah. <laughs> do you know like yeah. murderous um <laughs> yeah, energized you log it, you log it as per your days rather than the yes dish. yeah so you do it so you start so day one you're starting and um or you can start from any point and like if after the whole series after a few months you're going to start to notice these kind of ebbs and flows so the first half of your cycle typically we're all kind of trying to give out our energy into the world and we're trying to kind of um like we have all of this energy we want to do things for people we want to create and then the second half of the cycle we want to go we need to go into ourselves and kind of retreat and relax and let winter happen winter is our period um so it's really nice and I really enjoyed it I found it really grounding and then when I got pregnant I didn't really kind of experience they say you can experience that in pregnancy I, I just didn't really it wasn't as obvious to me as it is for others and then um after I had Martha I didn't really kind of I was kind of very much on an even keel but then the last couple of months I've started to notice a change and starting to feel the cycles coming back but I don't have my period mm-hmm. so I started looking into it obviously I can't find any information because you're a free women's no. periods <laughs> <laughs> there's something wrong with you so I basically I found this blog post written by this woman and she was talking about phantom periods while breastfeeding yeah and then there's this whole obviously mum's net and then all these groups of women talking about these phantom periods where basically you feel the symptoms, you can feel the ovulation, you can feel kind of energized and then you feel the deep seated burning rage, like the murderous mm. rage and the then need to bleed. some relief. Mm. Yeah. Do you get, I was just going to say, do you get the relief because you're not obviously like, having yeah. the bleed? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just was. Are you just in a constant murderous rage <laughs> now? <laughs> now I'm like looking back, going, "Hmm, how long?" Yeah. So it's anyway. It's it's strange. It's a weird feeling, and I was kind of googling, um, phantom pregnancy, phantom not phantom pregnancy, Jesus, phantom <laughs> period, um, breastfeeding, hormonal changes. I was looking into all of this, but I, I as I say. I can. The only thing I can find are a few women talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So if you can, but no kind of speaks to what we it. said before that really, actually, the world doesn't want to know yeah. or care about women, yeah. people post baby, and their periods. No, I really, I really firmly, as a person now in this experience, believe that. Yeah, yeah. no one cares. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Give, Sorry, you know what just you to lift up again from that. So just, do you know? So just, so just pulling ourselves up from that. <laughs> do you know how you could test this theory? How? Like, if you're experiencing symptoms of ovulation, you could try to get pregnant. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if then you'll know if it's phantom or not. <laughs> what great Something advice! To think about. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much for that professional. <laughs> that is not that my professional interlude, opinion. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> Lucy Peach, she has written a book called Period Queen. And again, same kind of thing, all about like when you can give and when you can take and how best to work with your energies. Um, and obviously, like if you're working in a regular job, not doing like shift work like we do, um, you know, you could you could like plan your you know, plan your cycle. Like, well, I yeah. suppose, like, you know, we could, you could book your, to work your week and nights for your, um, your inner summer, you know. That, Who like, would waste it? Like, I know, but, waste <laughs> but if you have to do a week. <laughs> I know, um, what's worse, doing your week of nights on your inner summer or your winter? But you see, if you did it on your winter, you pay for it for the rest of that cycle. Yeah, because you have mm. to try and rest on your so winter. True. You have to try to hibernate as best as possible. I might and actually go with the off duty and be like, "This actually really doesn't suit me. I'm going to be <laughs> voiding hard." Yeah, I'm in the void here. I'm in the void. And Just yeah, start writing in your requests. <laughs> winter, summer. Yeah. Um, and then there's this uh, BBC podcast as well. Twenty eight ish days later, which oh, somebody told me about weeks ago, and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Um, but basically there there are uh, 28 15 minute episodes and oh, like that amazing. all about taking you through each day of a cycle acknowledging that not everybody has a 28 day cycle but like taking you through the energies and how best to work with your body to make the most of it, of it. That sounds great. I'm a that big, sounds great, yeah. I'm a big believer. I'm I love a bit of MCA. Um, Period Power by Maisie Hill is another amazing book. We'll put that in the show notes. Mm -hmm. She goes into all, she she talks a little bit about menstrual cycle awareness, but also she kind of really goes into the science of it, but it's very easy to understand. And um, Lisa Henderson Jackson, or Jack, um, who has the fifth vital sign. Oh, yeah. She's the one who does, I think we've talked about it before, she has um, Fertility Friday is her podcast Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. The back catalogue for anyone who's learning about natural family planning, right down to kind of period issues, to pregnancy, trying to conceive, everything. Yeah. After you've listened to all of the episodes of this podcast, <laughs> you can go. <laughs> and not before. Yeah, not before. Um, And then do you want to... Like we had picked a feminist of the episode. Now is a good time, I think, to talk about her, Amy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So our feminist of the episode is Kitty McGuire. Um, so Kitty is an amazing woman. She is a yoga teacher and she is, I think the title is Ireland's first menstrual mentor. Um, so she went to the Red School, which was something I mentioned previously by the writers of um wild power and she went over to train to become a menstrual mentor so she runs um wild alchemy sr red alchemy which is where that was the course i did where you go you learn about menstrual cycle awareness you can become a mentor and she's also um involved with revolution period and she's done a lot of kind of um she would have done a lot of campaigning around repeal and kind of basically raising awareness around periods and she hosted something recently about teaching um, children about periods called Magic Blood. So she's like, yeah. she, she she does so much. Um, sometimes she puts, she had a picture of herself up recently with her period blood on her face. She's amazing. And mm -hmm. um, she is 
if you can ever go to one of her classes, I really recommend it. She's lovely. And uh, so she's our feminist of the episode. I don't think we've done one in a while, have we? We haven't. Congratulations, Katie McGuire. I hope to do the course (laughs) one day. Congratulations. I'd love to do the course, yeah. Um, Can I ask just as Maybe we should send pity. Maybe we should send her a pin now that we have pins. Oh! I was just going to say. Oh, the segue. Nice. Yes. Okay, we have Yannick Boom merchandise for sale. We have had beautiful enamel pins made in Ireland and we are selling them via our Instagram at the moment or you could email us either yannickboompodcast at gmail.com um, Or turn up to Tara's house if you know where she lives. Turn up to my house. I'm close to the little. All I'm saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, they are 10 euro and they uh, that includes postage and packing in Ireland. It's a steal. Um, it's a steal. It's a steal. Much so like please purchase. the badges. They're gorgeous. They're fab and they're really, really cute. And we would really appreciate your support um, by purchasing them. So thank you. We will be mentioning them on a very regular basis. (laughs) And if you follow us on Instagram, you will have seen the multiple updates. So please purchase from us if you're friends with us shout out to your amazing photography skills and your little setups you've been doing with them Tara thanks I've been working really hard (laughs) so I was going to ask you guys a really random question about your period blood there and I don't know if I've asked you before um I mentioned (laughs) I mentioned plants earlier in the episode I'm just going to just quickly throw back to that now Mm. uh what do you guys think about this trend of people who put their period blood like into their like plants like to feed their plants because I'm going to tell you now, it grosses me out. Um, oh, I'm surprised I'm going by to that. Say, I'm I going thought to say you'd do anything for your monstera. Water. <laughs> I would do almost anything for the doctor, but I have a real thing. Like, okay, this is this is my okay. I'm totally on a tangent. I'm sorry. I'm I'm very much in a tangent mood today. I have a real thing about insects. And I'm just like, I just don't know, like if I like dilute blood and like put that in the water, like am I going to attract like a few more? Oh, you dilute it? Yeah. So you like empty your cup into your jug or something. Or or if you're using uh, cloth sanitary pads, you'd have like your jug of water and you'd squeeze like your your period blood into it. What an excellent segue. Um, And if I was looking to get a cloth sanitary (laughs) product... (laughs) Do you know anything about that, Tara? So, okay, I was going to talk about uh, period products and period uh, management products um, and things like after you have a baby or after you're over a certain age, you may need to change your cup. You may find that you're, if you use a menstrual cup, that the one you were using before you had a baby um, is no longer comfortable or functional. And we've all had various mishaps um, with cups um over the years um and then I I changed my cup after my second because it was no longer um comfortable so I changed to like a really really soft um silicone one from I think they're called Intamina and they the company that I got that from they also do like the discs you know so they don't have a, a stem so it's like a they're like wider and shallower. They're, they're wider and shallower, discs. yeah. And you kind of tuck it in like behind the cervix and in behind the 
pubic bone. So, um, sort of like a diaphragm. Yeah, pretty much exactly. Um, but lots of different ways, obviously, to manage your period. So, um, sometimes people use like period pants, um. Because I think for a lot of people, sometimes, you know, even after a vaginal birth, like tampons are no longer comfortable in that. Um, And like that, for me, certainly my period, while I track my cycle very closely, my period, like my actual day of bleeding commencing, moved around, moved around quite a lot. I have a very um, unstable thyroid as well. So that... um, along with the breastfeeding, along with everything else, had a had a big impact on my periods. So what I got were CSPs, cloth sanitary pads. And I got them from Sweet Lavender and Chili Flakes. And that is an Irish company run by a lady called Steph, who is Italian and she is an absolute dote. I've bought stuff from Steph for a number of years now. Like she used to make kids' clothes and I got Nita a pair of amazing leggings made years ago but anyway Steph doesn't make kids clothes anymore she does however (laughs) make like amazing custom knickers and she makes um breast pads and she makes um bath bombs and like um you know like wildflower bombs like amazing stuff she has such lovely stuff on her site and she has been kind enough to give all of our listeners a 10% discount off every purchase over 35 euro which I think is really, really, really nice. So nice. Thank you so much, Steph. So What's if you go code? onto her uh, site, you can put in the code, all caps, Yonic Boom 10 And that'll get you 10% off. I feel like we should have like a klaxon or something for our first like code. Like, wah, wah, wah. I'll ask the producers. It's extremely on brand. <laughs> um, but yeah, how exciting. That's deadly. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Steph. And um, so, yeah, I have the CSPs and I have to say I find them great, like particularly for those kind of days where like you're out and about or like you're in work and you're like, am I going to like, am I going to get my period? You know, like sometimes you're like, it's literally sitting in there. It just needs to come out. Like, why is it going to come out? So they're really handy for those kind of days when I don't like putting my cup in on those kind of like day when I'm like potentially not bleeding. Bit dry, bit uncomfortable. (laughs) I'm like, I always feel like I'm going to get like BV. Like, I'm just like, no, I, I, no. Um, so they're really, really good for those days. They're really comfortable. And like, I use them for nighttime as well. Um, because lucky me, I need nighttime protection. I know some people don't. Um, so yeah, honestly, I think they're great. And yeah, my kids have her custom underwear and they're like adorable. I have this thing about buying my children really nice underwear, like way nicer than I get myself. <laughs> um... And they have, like, you go through her site, you pick from hundreds of fabrics and you literally choose, like, the, the two like, fabrics that you want on your necklace. Does she make them for adults? Yes. Get yourself a pair of Tara. I, I will. Treat myself. <laughs> I will. I will. You've got the code now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Highly recommend um, Sweet Lavender and Chili Flakes um, for all of your feminine product needs. There you go. Um, yeah, so thank you, Steph. Yonic Boom 10, all caps. Um, that was kind of, was I going to talk about anything else? I can't remember. So You're going to tell us a little bit about PMDD, but... Oh, yeah, okay. So how I kind of found 
menstrual cycle awareness to be really helpful for me was um, since I had, probably since I had my first baby, really, I experienced uh, PMDD, so premenstrual uh, dysphoric disorder. So that is like a really extreme version of PMS where basically from ovulation, so through the luteal phase until bleeding begins, um, like the symptoms of PMS, the rage, anxiety, um, like spirals basically it gets worse and worse and worse and worse it becomes kind of out of control oh, I just whacked my mic sorry um so for me menstrual cycle awareness was very helpful with that because one it helped me learn to define it that I could be like okay no I am having good days like I'm not constantly depressed I'm not constantly suicidal like for me it was like I can have two good weeks and then I ovulate and then it go downhill. Off. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, um, I actually got, sorry, do you know what? I'm going to find it on my phone because I actually contacted one of my pals who is um, a consultant uh, gynecologist the other day and she sent me kind of what would be a suggested treatment plan if she had a referral from a GP. So there was an article in the paper last week basically saying that, um, you know, to talk to your GP, obviously, as with any mental health um, concern, um, but then that some gynecologists can help to treat uh, PMDD. So this is what uh, she told me. Shout out to Dr. Brefney, Anglima Regan, one of my pals. Um, okay. So first line is a new generation uh, combined oral contraception, such as Yasmin or a continuous luteal phase. Um, so day 15 to 28, low dose SSRI. Second line is a higher dose SSRI or combined high dose estradiol, estradiol patch um, with low dose nor, nor S. My God, I'm sorry. Nor, <laughs> uh, norethisterone. Norethisterone. Okay, there you go. For Ten to twelve days per cycle, or marina. Third line is G N or H analog to suppress ovulation with add back HRT. So what she said she would do first is start with the pill and then combine with the SSRI, either so at the low dose. So just an SSRI for people who don't know is um, oh sorry serotonin yeah yeah reuptake inhibitor so antidepressants antidepressants yeah. So I do find that interesting, and another GP friend of mine had said that to me. First of all, like I kind of approached her just over WhatsApp, and I was like, look, I think this is what I'm experiencing. Like I think this is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And she said to me that she would often prescribe antidepressants like that to take like from day of ovulation until bleeding, which I find really interesting because I feel with a lot of them, they take at least two weeks to work. Yeah. And they kind of say that, don't mm. they? Yeah. Mm. Like minimum two weeks, if not four to six. And that they can have like with a, like with a lot of stuff, people can, can be like nauseated and you can actually feel worse at the beginning. You can feel more anxious. But I wonder if they have, uh, like we were talking about when we read that article, like an incidental yeah. impact on the levels of your other hormones. 
Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. That you don't normally be tuned into because you're just looking for the serotonin aspect mm. of them. Mm. 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 Excuse me. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting. It was a good article, I thought. Yeah. For me, I I um, was started on antidepressant just on a regular. Like, um, I actually think, because I think when I went to my GP, I didn't mention... I don't like to go in and be like, this is what I have. You know, I don't want to be, yeah, because you know, you don't know how it's going to be received. And particularly if you're going in with like anxiety, whatever you're overthinking, what you're going to go in and say. Yeah. So I think for, like she just felt I just was like low mood and anxiety or whatever. So I just take an antidepressant the whole time. And it's definitely made a big difference. I've had a few bad cycles recently, but I've made some changes and things have improved. But I think even just having the awareness it definitely, Ooh, definitely makes a difference. seems to be a big awareness now I, I have mm. I've, I'm hearing of a few people who mm. um can really relate yeah you know but mm-hmm. I mean even my own awareness of my cycle yeah. it's like you know I can say to Kev like I'm ovulating or you know if I'm just having like a really bad day I'll be like I'm PMSing I'm, I'm like I'm really really PM and he's just like okay Grant, do you want to go for coffee? Do you want to go upstairs? Do you, like, do you want to just just take a time out? Yeah. And it does make a big difference because if I can go and have a lie down for a while, the rest of the day will improve. That it's not just kind of like mm. having these feelings that, you know, a kind of an out of control feeling. Yeah. Um, And not really knowing the root cause or if there's an end in sight. Like it must be. For people suffering from this, obviously, and I suppose we should say that obviously we're not um, mental health experts, obviously, no. but like, you know, this is very something, this is a very specific thing we're talking about. Yeah, this about, should, it, it should be diagnosed. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but definitely to be able to kind of put a name to it and <laughs> have more people reading about it, like the fact now that there's like lines of treatment is really promising. Yeah. yeah. For yeah, sure. It's great. Yeah, it's going to make a big difference to a lot of people's lives, hopefully. Uh, not just, like, as it's not just my life, it's my whole family, really. That's it, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, before yeah. I got pregnant, I was still in that whole, like, EMS rage, like, yeah. ate everything about <laughs> our life, our house, every decision we've ever made. <laughs> yeah. Like, just <laughs> losing it. And then three or four days later being like, You'll never guess what just happened. Yeah. <laughs> I got my period like mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely into doing a bit more mental cycle awareness. Yeah. And I think, yeah, any of the, any sort of wider societal awareness of all of these kinds of things is so beneficial. Yeah, for sure. So we, we haven't done a news segment for a while, probably because we don't record regularly enough. But in the news, we're, we're so close to an hour now as well, guys. Um, but in the news this week, plans in Spain to legislate for menstrual leave. Paid menstrual leave from work. So amazing. Stipulated by having a doctor's note. So those who like really you know, find it difficult to actually yeah. function, you know, the daily activities of life um, are, when the law is passed, going to be entitled to supported time of work, which I think is great. Incredible. It's I think amazing. It's, it's really, really, I think it's so important to support your employees, whether that be flexible working hours or, 
you know, recognizing that sometimes people actually need leave and then they will perform better when they come back. When they come mm. back, 100%. Um, so, yeah, very, very That's exciting great. news there. Um, well done. Well done to, to Spain. And thank you, Tara, for sharing your story. My pleasure. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who um, will potentially identify. Yeah, and, and get in touch. go have a chat with her GP. Yeah. Or get in touch with us, yeah. Yeah, but no, definitely. It took me a long time to come to the realisation that I needed to go to the GP. Way yeah. longer than I would ever recommend anybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> always the way, isn't it? It's always the way. And then, yeah, like, it just literally yeah changed my life for the better, I have to say. So, yep. That's great. Yep. Yep. So, um, I think we've covered if we finish now, we'll, If we finish now, we'll be under an hour. We'll be under <laughs> an hour. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's the weird and wonderful world of periods post having children. Yeah. I yes. really enjoyed these chats. And I don't remember ever any of our handles or email address. So, one of you is going to have to do that first. Yannickboompodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. On Instagram, we are at. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Amy, are you doing this? Yeah, okay. (laughs) At Yannick underscore boom underscore pod. Deadly. Please contact us. We'd love to hear from you. And please buy our badges. We would really appreciate that. Find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends about us. Rate, review, and subscribe. Great. We'll see you again soon. While we are medical professionals and we love answering your questions, this pod should never be used in place of a real life consultation with a midwife or doctor. If you have a serious concern about your health or medical emergency, please go to your GP or to a hospital.